Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey guys, it's Brian McGuckin here. Today I want to talk with you about real estate photography. I've been seeing a lot of things pop up lately about it, whether it's on Facebook or in just some of the uh, other blogs or websites that I read. And just uh, my experience with real estate photography is not very in-depth. I've probably shot maybe 10 or so uh, different jobs on it. But I just thought, what a great time for me to just share what I've learned from it along the way, and just to kind of give some tips. When I was shooting the other day, as I was doing it, one of the things you're going to notice when you take a picture inside a room is distortion. Distortion meaning like the lines from the ceilings or the walls or things just not looking right or not at the correct angle from how we normally view it. What I did was I'm like, oh, I just need to lower my tripod just to be able to have my camera more tilted up. Uh, Being that I'm six foot one, my camera usually is tilted down a little bit more. And so as I did it to straighten up the lines, I thought, what a great opportunity to just stop. And I jumped on Periscope and I shared it. And I know a handful of you were out there watching it at the time. But uh, I just was sharing about the height of a tripod and the difference that it makes. And was just kind of showing how I have that set up. So I wanted to just share with you guys just some of the tips. So first of all, if you're going to do real estate photography, one of the necessities that you need to have is a tripod. You need to have something that you can just kind of put down and kind of hold it still at a, at a low height and, you know, with a low light typically in rooms and the way it changes, just a tripod is, is a necessity in my opinion. The camera gear that I tend to use lens wise, I usually use about a, I have a Canon, so I use the 16 to 35 uh, or a 24 to 70. The thing about the 16 to 35 is it's going to create more distortion compared to the 24 and 70. It may also be helpful to have some type of remote or cable release, which I usually don't use. I just tend to use the two second timer that's on my camera. So that That way I can just get it all set up and just press that and breathe for a second and then go. Now, uh, one of the best things to do when you're shooting is to shoot in live view if your camera's able to do that. And that's where you can kind of just see the view of it on the back of the camera. So that way, if you're somebody who may be taller like me, you know, above six foot tall, usually you want the tripod, the camera, to be more closer to about four feet tall. And so shooting in live view allows you to see it without having to be kind of squatted all down or uh, hurting your back or your knees. Try to shoot in live view if you can. One of the keys to the images, obviously, is how they turn out. So composition is extremely important. Um, Again, paying attention to distortion, trying to have the the plane of the camera accurate. Uh, Be aware of what is close to you. You know, chairs, tables, couches, those things are going to look larger because they're closer to the lens. You need to watch lines, pay attention to them, and try to create like a nice flow. You want your pictures to kind of be a warm, comfy feeling that makes you just want to be there, whether it's, you know, outside in a pool in, in the sun or whether it's, you know, sitting on a couch with your feet kicked up watching, watching TV. You want it to just be like a, a welcoming image. What I tend to do is I like to get a variety in my shots. And again, I shared about the height of the tripod. So usually they'll say the tripod height may be somewhere around the height of the tabletop or the countertop. Well, 
to me, sometimes it needs to be higher, sometimes lower. So I tend to keep it at the low height of around four feet or so and go around and do most of the shots I need from that height. Then I like to raise it up and then go back again around and get whatever other additional shots that I need. I just don't want to sit there in the same spot and raise and lower and raise and lower the tripod over and over. Also dealing with composition is people recommend usually that you only need about two walls to be showing in there. And that's because when you throw in a third wall, that's going to show more of the distortion and it just shows everything. Again, I like a variety, so I like to do a couple of wide angle shots that do show the whole room. And then I do more close up shots that will just show a couple walls with, you know, wherever the corner may be or some windows are and with the furniture in it. You know, the furniture is the key part to kind of help sell the warmth of it. Um, also, just some close up shots too of some things. You know, I like to ask the homeowner uh, if there's anything specific that they like to highlight or what they like about the house because oftentimes those are things that are the little thoughts that maybe they put into it when they were designing it if they if they did or at least they were the things that they liked about living in the house you know composition and shooting in live view are extremely helpful for that as far as the time of day, that varies really. Shooting during the day, the, the sun, if the sun is out and directly in through a window, that may be kind of hard on that side of the room. However, on the other side of the house, it, the lighting may be better then. And so it, that really is gonna vary and also depend on, um, on your taste a little bit. You know, a lot of times people like to close the blinds a little bit, but it's helpful to know where's the sun going to be? What is it going to look like? Because if you try to do it all just as the sun is rising or as it's setting, you know, you only have so much time and the lighting does change in between there. Don't be afraid to bring some flashes. And I, I even saw a post once of a photographer who they took their flash on a stand and they put it outside the window at night and it lit up like through the kitchen window and it made it look like it was daytime and i i have not done that myself but i love that idea don't be afraid to bring a couple flashes to be able to set in like other rooms that where the light may blend into or flow into the room that you're shooting the picture of with the blinds you know just being aware of them i said you know a lot of times people like to close the blinds but if the view you have outside is uh an ocean front view, then open the blinds, open the windows, or actually do both. So that way you have a variety, but you've got to be aware, you know, you're shooting in different dynamic ranges there. So, you know, a, a handful of photographers do like to shoot HDR high dynamic range where you're doing the bracketing. Um, it's definitely going to be a little bit more work later on when you go to edit it. However, it can also give you images that you can't get with just one shot. I think one thing that all photographers would agree when it comes to real estate photography is turning all the lights on. You want to go through and turn every light on that you can because you want it to be lit up as much as possible. Again, you have to be aware of whatever type of light bulbs that they have in there because if it's a, a cold light compared to a warm light, you know, that, that may mess with things a little bit. Um, shooting in raw, you know, later on you can go back in there and you can kind of correct any of the white balance that you, that you need to. Dealing with color, uh, it's nice, you know, to have some color in the images. However, really when it comes to shooting somebody else's house, you know, hopefully they've got it cleaned up and the laundry's not all over the place and there's not food out on the counter. Um, usually it'll be looking really good and, and nice and clean. However, it's nice to be able to get some color in your images, whether it's from flowers that you see or flower pots or even, even paintings. I shot a, um, a house once and then they actually had me come back again uh, a month later to redo the whole place just because they changed the paintings that were on the wall. So that 
that worked well for me because I kind of already knew the angles. Speaking of angles, think of when you walk into a house and what you see, you know, walking through doors. So you would definitely want to make sure you get shots where you're taking the picture from the doorway. But also, I like to go to all the corners of the room. So I get a shot from every corner of the room and from the major walls and, you know, showing... If there's a kitchen that kind of backs up to a living room, I like to get a shot that shows both of those together. But then I also get some shots that would just show the living room or would just show the kitchen. You almost want to shoot it like you're on a virtual tour. So as you're kind of walking through, you know, moving your head around, what do you see? And then taking those shots. And again, that's where I like to do it twice with the height of the tripod, just so I'm not raising it up and down. But really, when it comes to shooting other people's houses, you just you have to do the best you can with what you have. And a lot of times, you can't control that. You can't control the color of the walls that they decided to paint or whether they have carpet with stain marks on it. But you can kind of control the angle that you shoot at. So be aware of furniture and where things are and kind of just your angle that you're at. Really, you want the images to look realistic. When you go to shoot it or even when you go to edit, edit it with taste, you know, something clean, something clear and crisp just will really make a difference. Those are a handful of just a quick little tips just when you're, when you're shooting, just some things to kind of think about. But a, another thing to consider really before you even do any shooting with a client is the contract. What is it? images wise that they want you know are you going to charge them per hour that you're there taking the shots or are you going to charge them per photo you know how many photos do they want uh, what are they going to be doing with them so those are just things to make sure that you discuss there really is no right or wrong answer as long as you're satisfied and you feel like you are getting paid appropriately for the quality of your work one thing you cannot do is there are no excuses you cannot say oh well i don't know anyone who's selling a home that doesn't matter. You live in one. Use your own home as a way to practice. If, if you don't live in a home you know, or an apartment or a place, go into any building. Go into some your a friend's house. You know, Spend the night there or something. Bring your camera with and, and ask if you can take pictures there. You're going to find out that the more you do it, you know, the easier it will become. What I love about real estate photography is I don't have to tell people to smile. I don't have to worry about if they blink their eyes and then do it again or, or you know, just people crying or the parents yelling at the child. <laughs> so it, it typically is you and the room and the more knowledge you have ahead of time before you approach it, just the more confident you're going to be and the better the images are going to be. And when you do a better job with the images you create, then that brings more business. And in the real estate photography recently, there has been more of a move towards professional photographers and people getting away from real estate um, agents, getting away from using their own cameras. So get your name out there, you know, contact people, let them know. If you have a friend who's moving, ask if you can take pictures for them maybe. Maybe do a little a little bartering. That's always good. You know, where maybe they'll make you a plate of cookies or something for pictures you take. And that'll just give you the experience. And then, you know, being able to create that portfolio to then share with agents. It seems like like almost everywhere I go, I've got a friend in a different aspect of my life who has their realtor's license. You know, those are people to be saying, hey, if you ever need some images, let me know. That just was a really quick to-do about real estate photography. Hopefully you picked something up there and uh, by now you're probably wiping uh, the salsa off your face from the photo taco that you just enjoyed. Thanks uh, again for listening. And if you have not yet uh, joined us on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash groups slash photo taco 
Chaco. It's a great place to just kind of share a little bit about what you've heard and what you've learned along the way. Thanks for joining me again. I'm Brian McGuckin, and I will look forward to being with you next time. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is reserved. Olay!